Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up everyone? Thanks for downloading the latest episode of the Membership Guys podcast. I am your host Mike Morrison and in this show we dispense proven practical tips and advice for membership site owners. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. And I'd like to reward you by giving you one hell of an awesome show. In today's episode, I'm joined by Janet Murray. Janet Murray has been a journalist for the past 15 years for big national newspapers over here in the UK, for magazines, for big name websites, you name it, Janet has probably written for it. And as well as being a journalist, she also helps people with their PR. Having been on the front lines and been at the coal face of what journalists are interested in, what they're looking for, and actually how you get their attention, Janet's helping other business owners to get their story out there through traditional media, online media, and so on. And this is something I was very excited to talk to Janet about because it's something I know very little about. I have very little experience with myself. And I think it's something that for membership site owners and for small business owners in general, we kind of almost have a fear of. You know, traditional print media, stuff in the big name newspapers, that's for bigger companies, right? That's for more interesting companies than us. And so sometimes that mindset, I think, can lead us to not even thinking about pursuing PR and pursuing uh, media attention as a way of getting our story out there. But of course, as membership site owners, a lot of us are either doing something very unique within our space or we are positioning ourselves as thought leaders and experts. And what better way to really capitalize on that and to really uh, tap in to that thought leadership and those kind of unique things that you do with your membership than to take advantage of traditional media. So Janet very kindly and very generously shared a lot of amazing value bombs in this interview. Seriously, you want to get a notepad and pen because Janet just delivers over and over again on awesome, awesome advice and tips on how to get your story out there in the media, particularly for membership site owners too. So without any further ado, I'm going to jump right in now to my interview with Janet Murray. Okay, today's guest is a journalist, PR coach, and author of the brand new book, Your Press Release is Breaking My Heart. It's actually a longer title than that. That's the bollocks. I'm going to start again. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, gang, today's guest is a journalist, PR coach, and author of the brand new book, Your Press Release is Breaking My Heart. That's the short version. I'm going to let her tell you the long version. And of course, she runs a membership site teaching people how to do their own PR too. I'm very pleased to welcome Janet Murray to the Membership Guys podcast. Janet, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, what is the full title of that book, by the way? <laughs> it's Your Press Release is Breaking My Heart, a totally unconventional guide to telling your, oh, sorry, selling your story in the media. I should know, shouldn't I? There we go. Even you trip up with it. They're the best kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody will come up and, and tweet what the acronym for that book is as well. You can just refer to that from now yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, PR is one of those areas that I think when obviously people are setting up their membership and they're running a blog or doing a podcast and all that they're so preoccupied and so focused on the online side of things the dominance of social media content marketing and all that and i'm sure there's people out there who think that traditional pr is a little bit old hat are they wrong where does pr fit in today's landscape I think they're definitely wrong. And of course, I would say that. Um, I I would never advise that people do PR in isolation. And actually, we should probably back up a little bit because I find sometimes people are a bit confused by what PR actually is. It took Mm. me a while to discover this. I've been teaching it for a while and I realise people actually don't know what it is. I mean, when I talk about it, I tend to talk about it in terms of getting coverage in newspapers, magazines, radio and TV, and of course, online publications. And while I'd never say to anybody, you should solely use that to promote yourself, I think it's one of those things that you should be using 
in tandem with your social media and your advertising or whatever it is that you do to promote your your business and I do think that lots of particularly online business owners they kind of miss a trick because it's another way that they could be promoting themselves that they often just kind of ignore or, or put off so so um and then the people who do it people who do invest time in it then they really do see the rewards yeah, and I think, you know, speaking for myself, certainly, and, and the sort of things we hear from our own audience, I think people don't think about pro- approaching the press or trying to get any kind of media coverage because they assume that journalists and media outlets simply won't be interested, that they're too small to, to, to get anyone to pay attention to them. How do you overcome that? How do you get noticed? And is there any truth in that? Can someone who is just creating a membership site on their own actually get coverage in traditional media yes definitely but you have to be clever about how you go about it basically and the thing is people thinking that they're too small it's not really about how small or big you are it's whether you've got an interesting story to tell and you can have the biggest largest corporation with a load of money behind it but if they don't have a great story to tell then they're not going to get coverage either so the key thing is about finding the parts of your business or not necessarily your business but finding the bits of what you do that could be interesting to journalists and then turning that into a potential media story so where can you start with that what sort of stuff should be you be looking at because i think the other side of things and i've certainly uh, i remember working with somebody years back where they sent over a press release to me that they were going to send out to see if I could kind of flower it up. No idea why. I'm nowhere near a copywriter or anything like that. I think they just meant putting in some words that had more than two syllables. Um, and it was a, it was a sales promo mm-hmm. and it did, obviously it didn't get featured. And I'd imagine there's a lot of people when trying to handle their own PR, that's what they do, right? They just yeah. write pictures. Yeah, and that's why my book is called Your Press Release is Breaking My Heart, right? Because I've been a journalist for like 15 years. That's my background, um, writing and editing for national publications like The like the Guardian, I was going to say The Journalist, like The Guardian, uh, The Telegraph, The Independent, The Huffington Post. So I have been that person at the other side of the desk who's getting these dreadful press releases, which are essentially, like you say, sales pitches. So why would anyone be interested in reading about that? People yeah. are interested in stories. So so when people first sort of say, oh, I'd quite like to get featured in newspapers and magazines. So the first thing I get people to do, I can walk you through the kind of process I get people to go through um, in, in, in order to get some PR. So so the first thing I'd say to them is, like, what is it you're trying to achieve? So as with anything in your business, you don't spend time or money on something. In this case, it's just time, really, uh, without having an objective. So... Often when I'm working with people who run their own, you know, entrepreneurs or have their own sort of businesses, they are looking to get credibility. So obviously being able to put on your website as featured in the BBC, the Huffington Post, CNN, New York Times, whatever it might be, wherever you are in the world, then that obviously gives you instant credibility by being able to do that sometimes people are quite literally wanting to sell widgets so they might want to sell more of their memberships their memberships or or whatever it might be and sometimes people are looking for it as a kind of it's almost like a brand builder so they're looking to get more speaking opportunities or they're looking to get a book deal or something like that so they want to raise their profile and and raise awareness of, of, of their brand and what they do and so it could be a really good way to to do that but I think it's really important to get clear on what it is that you're trying to do. Now, it may well be that you're trying to do a little bit of all of that, but the more clear you can be on what your main focus is, that will help you with the next step. So the next step I get people to think about is, okay, well, if that's what you want to achieve, who do you need to get in front of? So sometimes people have all these like exciting, I want to be in Vogue, or I want to be in <laughs> FT, or whatever, or I want to be in the New York Times. Yeah, cover but of that, Times magazine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all want that kind of thing, don't we? But actually you know is that realistic but but also it's kind of like is is that going to get you in front of the people that you want to reach you know is that going to help your business in any way because if it isn't you know if it if it turns out that the people you want to get in front of read some really like niche industry magazine then that's where you need to be and and you need to be in those places so there's no good you putting all your resources if it's just like an ego boost basically so I get people to think really carefully about who it is they want to get in front of and then once they've said I want to get in front of 
you know, they've worked out their target audience, once they've worked out who they are, then it's like, what do they read, watch and listen to? And then people often get a bit stuck there and they're like, well, how do I find out? Well, just ask them. So I've got a book coming out. So I've been in my Facebook group today asking my members because they are essentially my target audience. Mm. (laughs) I've been saying to them, what do you read, watch and listen to? And I've asked them to tell me about, you know, what they, in terms of national news that they consume, but also professional publications that they they read and and podcasts they listen to and and so it's been really interesting and and that's basically what I say to people just ask them you know do a little survey or if you've got a Facebook group you've got an audience just kind of ask them what what they're engaging with and that will give you a sense I think of the kind of places that you should be trying to get press coverage and then the next step is okay well you've you've got a short list of maybe three to five publications or programs that you want to get featured in then this is the bit that a lot of people miss out. It's like you need to study them like you're studying for an exam. Mm-hmm. So with my journalist hat on, I spent years just sitting there with people sending me press releases or ideas. I'm like, why on earth do you think that I would want to write about that? I work in the education <laughs> section. Or why on earth do you think that the business section would want to cover this? Come on, you know, and, and you just would get so much stuff that was irrelevant that even if you, you've you just done your homework, you've really read the publication or, the, or listened to the program or watched the program and you really understand it. So your idea is really kind of spot, you know, that that's going to put you ahead of the pack totally just the fact that you've read you'd just be amazed how many people would pitch to like a paper like the guardian or something without having read the section and it seems like you know common sense to me that you don't i mean i wouldn't pitch to a podcast without having listened to it and yeah. I've a little bit about it but but it's amazing how many people do so so that that's really kind of your your next stage and from there you're then going okay well you know, you really, really look at the sets of the magazine you want to get into. You really look at it really closely. Look at the kind of content they run. What you'll probably notice when you really look at something, and I mean really read it, is that they might have a, a regular section. So they might have their back page every week. Might be an interview with a business owner, or it might be that on page 17 they have a and A with somebody. Or and you'll start to kind of see these patterns, and you'll start to see, okay, well maybe. I could offer to be the business owner on the back page or I could offer to. So it's about instead of you having some ideas and then trying to kind of slot, you know, trying to see, just go around and ask people, please take this. (laughs) It's more like you looking at where you want to be and seeing how you could fit in. So it's actually the opposite of the way most people approach PR. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of, I suppose, comes down to for that final stage, finding a way of making the decision of the person you're pitching as easy and as hassle-free as possible yeah. because uh, you know i'd imagine and and i'm sure you've seen this more times than you you want to recall where the pitch is basically i've got this story and they're expecting you to figure out where it fits yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. have you worked in a newspaper before because you sound like you have. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it um, um, yeah no, we um, and and the point you make about actually researching amongst your own existing audience in your Facebook and Facebook group and so on, you know, that's something that membership site owners probably don't tap into as much as they could. Remembering that actually you have a ready-made focus group mm, within your yeah. member base. You know, it's just twenty, thirty people. If you're just starting out, these are people mm. who, assuming your ideal audience. Forget the demographics and all that sort of stuff. Assuming your ideal audience is someone who is willing to put their hand in their pocket and pay for something that you are selling at the end of the day, that's the best focus group you're going yeah. to get, surely. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, not just for your PR, but, you know, I, I ask questions. I've got a podcast as well. So, I'm, you know, I'm planning some blog and podcast content at the moment. Can you give me some ideas of things you'd like to hear about? You know, it's exactly the same thing you would do probably with other parts of your business. And, yeah, you know, they're going to tell you, you know where, where, what they read what what they listen to what they watch which is going to give you a really good indicator of where you need to be if you want to find more people like them so like you say it's like a free focus group it's it's like perfect absolutely and you know when you mentioned about uh, podcasting and you know reaching out for podcast interviews you wouldn't do that if you hadn't actually listened to the podcast yeah. you know that's the same for for ourselves in in inviting guests onto our podcast or reaching out to other podcast owners I know some more seasoned podcasters will almost test people who contact them and suggest themselves as a guest, you know, because the typical line is, I love your podcast. I think I'd be a really good fit. And so they test them and say, okay, what's your favorite part of the podcast? What's your Mm -hmm. favorite episode? Mm -hmm. And quite often people can't answer or it takes them three or four days to answer because they've never actually listened Mm -hmm. to the podcast. They just looked at 
someone who's a big name and thought they've got a big audience, so I want to be on there just for any exposure and like you said it's you know it's it's not good doing it just for an ego trip if it's not the right mm. the right audience exactly yeah so when it comes to actually reaching out to people and and making that suggestion of you know you had this Q&A section I love the Q&A section of your magazine I'd love to be a guest on there here's some stuff I would talk about or something like that from from that initial kind of pitch how important is building the relationship and building your contacts with with journalists if you want to make sure that it's it's not just a one hit wonder in terms of the PR that you're getting yeah it's a really really good question there and I think there's no reason why you can't cold pitch. You know, if you see a magazine or a newspaper, online publication, you think I could, I've really got some value to offer there. No reason why you can't cold pitch. But obviously, if you've already warmed them up yeah. <laughs> by building a relationship with them on Twitter, for example, then that's a really good thing to do. So what I always encourage the, the people I work with to do is to, once they've kind of got their target list of three to five publications or programs, then find out who the relevant editors are and start to kind of stalk them on Twitter, basically, <laughs> and make a Twitter list um, and just kind of hang out and see what they're talking about see what they're sharing see what kind of most journalists I mean I certainly have this have got pet subjects that they like writing about right. and 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 if you kind of hang out on their twitter timeline for a bit you'll probably start to see that they might have hobbies you know I like running and so if somebody approached me and has kind of running related story I'm probably going to be more interested in that even though I write about education but if somebody came you know with a kind of running story or something I'd probably yeah. take more notice or I like music as well so so um, I've said yes to music stories that I think maybe other people might not have done because personally I really like music music education and um, and so you, you can find that an awful lot you do a little bit of stalking a little bit of listening <laughs> and then what you can do is just start to gradually kind of you know share something that they've written or share something that they've shared or just comment or engage with them and I know I mean at the moment I've got to the stage now where I do a lot more coaching people how to get in the media and I do a little bit of journalism but when it was like the other way around I know there were people who just totally stalked me on Twitter <laughs> which is great and then when they had a story idea that wanted to run past me when their name popped up in my my inbox, I knew it was them from Twitter or they might say something like, oh, do you remember we had a chat about, you know, this new policy or whatever. And, um, and I think it's like anything, you know, like we were at this conference together, weren't we? Mm. Um, and a couple of weeks ago at Content Marketing Academy, and there was a guy who came up to me and basically said, "Hi, I should be your business coach." And I just hated that. It was just like too much, you know. And it was like, oh. Um, and there were other coaches there who I just got to know and chatted to over a few days. And and if they'd said to me at the end of two days, you know, I'd really love to work with you. Why don't we have a chat? Different story. Yeah, I think it's that it's that whole thing. It's just relationships, isn't it? And journalists are people too. You know, they don't want you to. You know, they just want people kind of like selling to them all the time. It's, mm. it's build a relationship. Try and understand them. Try and understand where they're coming from and what they're looking for. Definitely, and you know, one side of I suppose PR media coverage that I, I've always wondered about is obviously there's a whole thing of you putting the pitch in and you finding publications or what have you that you want to be a part on. But you know, when it comes to being somebody who a reporter or a journalist um, contacts for a particular piece that they're writing, so if they've got the list of, of, of people they can call on either as, mm. you know, to contribute a quote or to be a talking head on a TV uh, report or something like that, how does that typically work? Is that just the, the result of years of relationship building or are there any particular sort of tips or techniques where you can put yourself in that position to be the person, you know, at the end of the article where it's we contacted X, Y, or Z for a report. Yeah. Oh, totally. You can you can work your way into that position. So I when I first started teaching people how to do their own PR, I started quite high level and I started kind of like, yeah, here's how to write a press release and a pitch and this is what journalists are looking for. And I realized gradually that I was probably pitching it a bit too high and I'm actually maybe starting and, and keep making things more complicated than they needed to be. So now I start somewhere different and I call it like the low hanging fruit. So basically what I try and get people to do is to connect with journalists who are already looking for help with stories. Yeah. So, for example, in the UK and there will be for all different parts of the world we have this journal request hashtag and which journalists use when they're looking for help with stories so you or I could just go on there now and we would probably find loads of requests from journalists who are looking for people with specific 
you know expertise or experiences or whatever to share yeah. and um i've just connected somebody up via a journal quest request today actually somebody was looking for an unusual wedding proposal and things like that. it could be anything from that or it could be you know a business related or whatever and the thing is so somebody said to me I was having a chat in my facebook group with somebody about this earlier okay well this is all about very well but what if i don't see anything that relates specifically to my business like today or tomorrow and i'm so like look these journalists are people that often Sometimes they write for one publication, but sometimes they might be freelance and they write for lots and sometimes they work for quite high profile publications. So why don't you see if you can help, even if it doesn't directly impact on your business? You know, maybe it's about you introducing them to a friend initially, or maybe it's about you saying, oh, yeah, my brother had that. You know, I can put you in touch. And it's, you know, again, it's what we were talking about before about like warming them up. So even if you don't see anything that you think, you know, specifically, I can definitely help with that right now, although I'm sure most people will, then just see if you can help in other ways and start to build that relationship. Because again, you know, if I introduce a journalist to you on Twitter, because you can help the story and I can't, then they're going to remember me. And when I have got a story, then, then I can go back. And of course, you can then be mining their contact details as well. So if they're on Twitter looking for stuff, you know, and you're also learning as well. If, if this journal, request hashtag is like you're learning about what stories journalists like to cover and they don't like to cover so you're learning there the other thing you can do is a little tip is um is is sign up for a trial of these these journalist request services or they're called like media inquiry services and basically journalists get this free but there's quite a few of them one's called response source one of them's called gulkana the source bottle there's help a reporter out in the u.s and basically People can pay to subscribe to this service where they get daily alerts from journalists who are looking for help with stories. And they most of them do charge, or some of them don't, and some of them are better than others. But basically, even if you sign up for a trial for a couple of weeks, you're going to see those requests coming in. You're going to clock the names of journalists on publications that maybe you'd like to connect with so you can grab their details and get it on a spreadsheet. And, and you're also, again, learning about the kind of stories that journalists are interested in. You're starting to get a sense of of the kind of stories that, that, that float their boat. And I've just recently, I have done in the past, but signed up to a two-week trial for this response source service. And so I've been getting uh, emails like every day, like loads of them from people from like, you know, the BBC ITV because this is a UK thing this one Telegraph whatever you know looking for help with articles and there's quite a few I could help with or certainly know people who could and I've had like one of my clients actually she was in Mother and Baby magazine she has an app that she created because her kids wouldn't go to sleep at night so she created an app to help kids go to sleep Mm. and um, she saw one of these requests and it was um, they were looking for somebody to talk about getting their kids to sleep in mother and baby magazine. She, she responded and she was in, you know, so this stuff is easy. These are journalists who are already looking for people. Um, the other bit of advice I give people is to, um, help make it easier for journalists to find you. So journalists look a lot for people to talk to on Twitter. Now, if they go and you've got some kind of obscure, like Twitter bio and always got something stupid on it or something, it doesn't really (laughs) say what you do. (laughs) <laughs> so I was doing a webinar this afternoon actually and I showed two I showed three examples of, of Twitter profiles for people and I think it was an expert in um what was it um divorce law or something like that mm. and so I I basically searched divorce law in Twitter and then pulled up these three accounts so the best one was a lady who had a picture of herself and it actually said in her Twitter bio- biography I am an expert in divorce law or whatever it was and here's my number you know a number was on there so it's like fantastic and journalists you know you have to remember that they don't work nine to five they work 24 yeah. 7 so if you have a number even if it goes to an answer phone or something um and, and they know how how to contact you pretty much at any time of day then that's going to put you streets ahead of other people so and so when i looked at these other twitter profiles they were a bit obscure they were full of jargon and just being really clear there can put you streets ahead of other people because journalists do use Twitter almost like a search engine when they're looking for people to help. They also use LinkedIn as well if they're looking for people to talk to. So um, again, I go on LinkedIn sometimes and I see people with these really obscure like director of commerce, e-platforms, blah, blah, blah. And you think, oh, who's going to like, you know, so the example I gave my webinar today was there were two experts who people who are experts in, in dealing with phobias and that's the kind of thing that journalists would you know be looking it's quite a sexy subject isn't it mm. so uh, one lady just had as her her linkedin uh tagline was fear and phobia expert perfect the other guy had hypnotherapist nlp specialist 
director of NLP Academy or something else. And immediately you're like, which one are you going to go for? Are you going to yeah. go for the one that just says fear and phobia expert? So these are all little things that you can do to help make you more findable. And also, if you're looking for radio and TV coverage, then if you've got some video, if you're, basically the first thing I do with my journalist hat on, if somebody wanted to write for me or if I was a radio or TV producer, they wanted to, to come on the show the first thing I would do is obviously Google them to see what they've done before. So if you want somebody to write something for you, you need, if they've got a blog, great. Or if over on LinkedIn, they've got, you know, they've been writing articles for LinkedIn Pulse or something, at least you can see they can string a sentence together and they can Mm -hmm. put an argument together. So that's the first thing you're going to do. If it's for TV or radio, obviously you want to see that they that they look look and sound all right on TV and, you know, they're, they're not too nervous and so if you've got some film of yourself talking or presenting or whatever, then obviously get that up on your LinkedIn page. So it's just kind of making yourself more findable. So they're sort of three things that I think people could do. Like they could, you know, after this podcast interview, you could go off and have a go at doing these three things and it would already get you a little bit further in terms of your your profile. And of course, then once you've connected with journalists, then it's about being reliable and delivering what you say you're going to deliver yeah. time fashion and all that kind of stuff you know which I'm sure people people know and making yourself available so sometimes people will kind of like say oh well you know I I think at first you have to make yourself available sometimes at odd hours so you know if you get the graveyard shift reviewing the papers on the tv channel that no one watches you know get your experience (laughs) there first I mean I go and and also sometimes people get a bit snobby about it as well and they they get snobby about local coverage and I'm like well actually coverage coverage and it's also getting new experience and you know i go and review the papers at my local radio station like about once a month and it's helped me oh like they i've got coverage for other things that i've been doing because i i I go to other people on the station and say oh i'm the paper reviewer and that the paper review thing probably doesn't bring me much business or whatever but it's really good fun because there's always fun things happening but i've also met like journalists um who've i was one journalist who went to work on five live there you know it's you're just starting to build your, your your media connections yeah and it's broadcast experience as well since i started doing that i'm so much more confident on the radio so then when i go on a show where i think oh god there's gonna be more li- oh, people listening although having said that no one ever says that they've heard me on like bbc london or radio mm. 4 they all say they've they've heard me on the local radio <laughs> station um but you know this stuff is i think you you've got, you've got to walk you've got to walk before you run what's the phrase <laughs> you should That's try it. and run before you yeah. can walk you know you need to build up some experience and do it you know kind of gradually sort of stage it up so does that kind of help in terms of ideas as to how you can how you can sort of start building a profile absolutely especially the stuff about i think video and and radio as well because actually it's great i was crossing off on my questions because i was going to ask how how would your approach differ for those and and it totally makes sense and again i think it is just thinking smarter and strategically about how you use the stuff that you are already creating or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, using that as a reason to start doing doing video. And like you said, any sort of experience in doing this, even if it is at, you know, the, the smallest local level, it's one thing if a, if a journalist takes a look at your website and sees that you have a podcast or that you have a YouTube channel and they can watch some videos and assess you from there, but... If they go to the site and they find that not only do you have video and audio available, but you have video and audio from being on an actual proper radio program yeah. and from being on an actual TV program, not just shot against, you know, a, a white bedroom wall or something like that, then that's going to be a difference maker. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's kind of like show, don't tell, you know, show, show what you know rather than, than tell people about it. Absolutely. And, you know, with with our audience in particular, and I suppose everyone who's who's doing business online, you know, for membership site owners, I think we tend to have like two main groups. You'll have the thought leader, authority, expert kind of person who, you know, they're trying to stake their claim as the go-to person in their industry. And we talked you know, about how you can um, approach that and kind of look out for opportunities and pitch and so on. And then you have the more business to consumer, the hobby-based stuff where you're not really necessarily trying to become the expert on knitting patterns, but you maybe have the only membership site around knitting patterns mm. or you have a membership site around a hobby or a topic that maybe no one would even think that there'd be like a membership around. In the, in, 
in terms of the difference between media coverage and press opportunities, is there a big difference, would you say, between like business press and how you would handle that versus, you know, the, the wider, broader um, publications? No, actually, I, one of the things that I do as part of my business, I run these sessions in London every month called mm. Soul PR Sessions, and I get a, a journalist to come along to talk every month. And last month we had James Hurley, who's the editor of the Times Enterprise section, so like the business editor. And it's really funny because although he's, you would sort of think, oh, he's a business editor, it's kind of, you know, you're going to be a bit dry or whatever. He used the same phrase as I would use if I was getting somebody to sell a story into a consumer magazine. And he said, people and personalities, people and personalities. Yeah. People and, and that's what radio and TV producers say. So, so actually, I would say that you approach it in exactly the same way. Mm. One little tip, actually, I would give to people is if you want to get press coverage for your business you kind of need to stop talking about it which sounds counterintuitive right. um, but so say somebody's got a membership site and it's the same with podcasters actually they often come to me and they say right okay I want to get press coverage for my membership site I want a journalist to write a piece about my membership site so you have to think to yourself well you know would Doris traveling up on the train to Edinburgh want to read a story about <laughs> some person they've never heard of who's got this thing called a, a membership site yeah. or you know Jackie the nurse on her word you know so so people generally are probably not going to be interested unless it's a really unusual thing like like naked tennis or something or whatever <laughs> but, but you know people are probably not going to be interested in the fact you've got a membership site um but you can look around the edges of your business to to find stories which i'll tell you about in a minute but the other way you can flip it is so Colin Gray, who I think you know, who's uh, the, yeah, the podcast absolutely. host. So he came to me a little while ago and he said, Oh, you know, I really want to, I really want to get some coverage for po my podcasting business, but also podcasting more generally because in the UK people don't know enough about it and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, well, instead of trying to get people to write about your podcast, because that's quite boring in the nicest possible way, but <laughs> read about your podcast, how about you flip it around and you think about what questions people have got around that, you know, and, and, he, and you know, I said, and I know people ask me all the time, should I start a podcast if I've got a business? C can it help me market my business? So I suggested The Guardian has a, a small business network and I suggested to him that he pitched them a story, which was... Um, should I start a podcast or can a podcast help you to market your business? They said yes. He wrote a piece which was very, you know, kind of like, you know, these are the reasons why it could be a good idea. This is how to get started. And so that's a practical, useful piece of content for that audience, yeah. who are small, small business owners. So that's one thing you can do is kind of flip it around and teach teach people. So I've got um, I've written a whole series of articles for the Guardian's Small Business Network about how to write a press release that sends the most traffic to my website, how to get radio and TV coverage, how to write a pitch to a journalist. So so it's so it's thinking about there's a huge appetite online particularly for how-to content where you're teaching people stuff basically yeah. so if you've got a knitting membership site then instead of you've got several options you know could you I mean I just as I was talking to you before I was kind of thinking you know wouldn't it be great to approach the Guardian Small Business Network with a piece about you know whether a membership site could could help you grow your business Absolutely. you know that's you know that that's the way to think about it. So you could either go down that route, and you could you could go to a bit the business press and offer to write something for them, a really kind of you know how to piece about how to, you know whether or not a membership site can help you grow your business, and, and if so, how to do it. Or you can you could teach people the knitting stuff. So you can think about my target audience is people who you know they they knit in their spare time, and this is the kind of stuff they read. How about I do you know? Uh, 20 things you can knit in 20 minutes or something like that you know and, yeah. and so 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 it's the teacher role can can work really really well um, and I've written how-to stuff on PR for the entrepreneur and various other places so that's that's one thing I mean there's a huge appetite for that kind of thing am I okay for time because I've got oh, thing yeah, to absolutely. okay <laughs> totally fine once you set me off I can't shut <laughs> that, oh, it's awesome um, all good stuff <laughs> so um so the second thing I get people to think about is to look around the edges of their business for the story so journalists are generally not interested in writing about your business unless it's like really unusual and really different. And most yeah. of us, you know, I know that my business, I think it's fascinating, but I know that, you know, like Josie on the, you know, Josie, the nurse from Northampton is probably not going to be that interested in reading about it. Um, so what I've done, I've got press coverage for, I've got this kind of handout that I give my students when I'm working with them. And if you can imagine, it's in the middle of it, it's got like your business or brand. Around the edges, it's got all the areas of your life which intersect with your business or brand. 
And so it's like uh, family and relationships, money, work, life and death is the other one that I've got. And and basically what I do is I I kind of come up with ideas that that are not about my business specifically, but give me the opportunity to talk about it. So I'll give yeah. you a couple of examples. I wrote a piece for The Guardians. Uh, this is the women in leadership section. And basically something happened to me where I was getting approached to do speaking gigs and people come to me and say, will you speak at my event? And then I'd say, yes, I'm free. That sounds great. What sort of rate did you have in mind? And they'd say, oh, no, we weren't hoping <laughs> to pay you. Um, and uh, we were hoping you'd do it for the exposure. Yeah. So. Of course, that's an issue that other people will identify with. They won't identify with my PR coaching business, but a lot of people would identify with people asking them to work for free in, you know, different. So I suggested this to the Guardian's Women in Leadership section. They were really pleased with the idea. So I wrote this piece about why women shouldn't work for free. And then um, got loads of comments, loads of shares, um, loads of, um, you know, I had some quite high profile people as well who tweeted me about it, um, like sort of politicians and stuff who read it and, and got back to me. So that was quite good. And um, and that sent traffic to my website and people engaged with me. I, I know for a fact I've got people who have come to my events, who are in my membership program now, who first found me through that article. And then you can flip it, you see, because then I wrote a piece that people were saying to me afterwards, well, that's all very well, but sometimes there are times when you should work for free or could work for free. And so I did a piece for Entrepreneur about five times when it's okay to work for free. <laughs> so you can <laughs> work that idea. And the other thing is I work, um, I'm not there at the moment because I don't podcast from there, but I work in a shed at the bottom of my garden yeah. and it's quite pretty. And, you know, in the UK, we call them chic sheds. And it's I a was going to say they're, they're all the rage now. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 a bit, they're a bit cool. They're, they're a bit of a thing. I didn't realize this until I got one, but they are a thing. <laughs> so people are very interested in that because they're wondering about, you know, wouldn't it be nice if they worked in an office, you know, this shed at the bottom of their garden. So I had like a full page worth of coverage in the Metro, the, the big commuter uh, paper in the UK, which was a piece about these she sheds. But in it, I was there talking about my business and I was talking about how, uh, and the quote is just like, oh, I love working here because I run workshops here and I teach people PR. And like, you know, and yeah. basically it was a, you know, I was able to talk about what, what, what I did. And I've done a few articles like that for different publications where, about the shed. And it's just given me an opportunity just to say, well, this is kind of what I do here. I run workshops here. Um, but I also, you know, film my videos from, you know, here and whatever and the, the one about speaking actually I mean, basically if you're writing an opinion piece about speaking it's a massive advert for the fact that you're a speaker yeah, you know yeah. so and you're available for bookings so so you know it, it works like that as well and interestingly i'll just give you one last example i wrote a piece about miscarriage at work um again it's for the guardian i don't just write for the guardian it's just the examples that come to my have come to my head um but um and uh, that was about how dealing with miscarriage at work and it got 10,000 shares in 24 hours. Wow. And I didn't really mention my business very much. But I, I was just sort of, it was just something I felt passionately about because I'd experienced it. And again, the traffic to my website was massive because people were having a look at it and going, oh, you know, oh, this lady does this. So that's quite interesting. So then they were signing up to my opt-in. And, and, and I was sat at an event in London when this woman was sat in the front row. And I said, oh, how did you find out about me? And she said, oh, well, I read your piece on miscarriage. And I'm like, God, you know. Mm. So so I hope that kind of just gives you a few examples of how just looking around the edges of your business at the stories that people will actually find interesting and identify with is where the real gold is. I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think part of the problem I'd imagine is People think that, you know, getting press attention is is such a, a, a big thing that mm. they only have one shot at it. So obviously, if they've only got one shot, they need to get as much in about their business and stuff as they, they possibly can do. But end of the day, you mentioned it before, personality and people, and you've mentioned it's stories, it's about stories. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to like writing blog content for yourself and stuff like that, you wouldn't write a weekly blog article where essentially you just write a sales pitch over mm. and over again in every single blog article word for word. You'd find the angles, you'd find stories to tell, you'd find experiences to relay, you'd find how-to material to, yep. to put out there. Um, and, you know, I love that whole thing of looking around the, the edges of your business because if you're talking about your life and your history and your experiences and your opinions, if, you, if you're discussing that stuff and your business is a big part of your life, then naturally it's going to get a mention whether 
the intention is to get exposure for your business or not because if you're talking about your day-to-day your business is part of your day-to-day so it's going to come up organically exactly yeah exactly and something's happened to me over the last few days which is quite interesting I suppose we should share that I wrote a piece for the Huffington Post I'm a Huffington Post blogger and everybody should do this you you pitch your first piece get your first piece passed and then you get a login and you can write pretty much whenever you like and it's a platform that obviously you know that, that can be can can promote you beyond maybe your your own blog yeah I wrote a piece which was I don't really don't really know why I did it really because there wasn't actually that much <laughs> relationship to my work but I wrote a piece about why I wear makeup when I'm running right. and uh, and because people just were asking me about it and and if you want to know what you know you know it's the same with the content marketing it's, it's about thinking what people will be interested in what the people ask you about all the time yeah. and so I just wrote this this sweet little piece put a few photos in it because it was just after the London Marathon and and basically I was saying I've run the London Marathon twice and both times people would just be more interested in the fact that I have makeup on at the finish line <laughs> than the fact I'd run 26 miles so next thing I swear to god within a few seconds of me sharing it on my Facebook I got a message from someone at the Daily Mail saying we really like your story uh, could we could, could we have it as well you know so they paid me to write <laughs> to write a piece for them it hasn't run yet and then yesterday morning tw- I got a Twitter message from somebody from the BBC a documentary maker saying that we read your piece about wearing makeup when you're running wow. <laughs> would you like to um you know would you be interested in helping us out with this documentary so I've done I did a conversation yesterday I did like a sort of I think I did a, I did a Skype interview on video today and they probably tested me out apparently the casting director wanted to look at me so it may not go, go any further but that kind of gives you an idea you know that's not going to happen if I'm talking about my business yeah. you know but but you know and what I what how I managed to do it um, I managed to kind of um shoehorn it in by saying that you know basically I was really determined in everything I did in my business and my work and and that reflected into my you know running or whatever I managed to make some kind of link between yeah. my work <laughs> and um, but but that's 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 probably quite a good example and it's also a good example of the more you know what you mentioned you said before about about it's it's not just a one shot thing it's yeah, like yeah. more stuff you've got out there the more journalists are going to find you. So the more media articles that you can place, the more people, you know, I get phone calls all the time from stuff that I've written. I might get a phone call one day from Radio Scotland and say, oh, we noticed you wrote a piece in, you know, 2012 about this. Do you want to come on the radio? And, you know, it's like evergreen content that's going to, you know, generate more coverage for you. So I think that's probably a point worth making. Definitely. And I think it just goes to show you never know what's going to take light and capture people's interest as well not just from readers but yeah two or three other other media outlets wanting to jump on that as well Mm, yeah 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 all right so we've mentioned it a few times already i've got to ask you about the book um at the time that this podcast goes out it's either just coming out or it's just come out um one of the two Tell me a bit more about it. I love the title. Your press releases break my heart. <laughs> I don't even need to ask where the inspiration from that comes from. But how did, when did you decide to write a book and what can people expect from it? Well, as I said at the beginning, it was inspired by my 15 years in journalism, yeah. just kind of like my, my heart literally like sinking as each press release <laughs> came through saying, my business is great. I've won an award for being the tidiest office in the UK or something. Um, and um, And just... And just seeing this whole industry who were sending sending stuff that people didn't want. So it's like, you know, so my inbox was just full of stories that I wasn't interested in. And then I was scratching around trying to find things that I was interested in and knew, knew other people would be interested in. So it kind of came from that. But the real motivator was that often these really terrible press releases would come from small business owners or PR companies that were representing small business owners and it would really gall me because I'm a small business owner too and I always have been I've always been freelance and you know my business has kind of grown and expanded and it would sort of gall me to think that somebody like me was paying for this stuff so that's where it came from that's where the your press release is breaking my heart comes <laughs> from and what I really wanted to do was to to, to write something because because established business owners might come to me, they've been doing it a while, maybe they've got a six-figure income or something, and they they might be able to afford to hire me or a good PR company to help them raise their media profile. But actually, somebody who's just starting out with their business or in the first few years of business, they don't have the budget to to hire a PR company or yeah. to 
coach with me. So I wanted to be able to provide a kind of step-by-step guide for somebody like right from the beginning. So, so you know, the first thing in the book is like, what is PR? What we talked about right at the beginning and, and helping people get really clear. And I think it's really confusing out there now as well because there's so much content. It's like, well, what is like, is there a traditional media anymore? And, yeah. and just helping to sort out, you know, is the Huffington Post traditional media? Is, you know, is the, Gu- the Guardian is, but, you know, what about entrepreneur? Where does that fit in? So it's kind of like helping people, you know, walking them through all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then basically how to, how to generate story ideas that journalists will be interested in, how to put pictures and press releases together. I'm not very keen on press releases, but I do share you know how, how yeah. to do it because there are times when actually it can it can work quite well and so basically it's just like a step-by-step guide for somebody who's you know pretty much never done this or not done much of it that that walks you through it, all the steps that you need to do to, to get press coverage and um it's very practical i use a lot of stories in it because obviously <laughs> that's why i do I tell stories mm-hmm. um and and um you know the feedback i've got so far from i've obviously had my book review team on on the case and and they're really lo- loving it and i think finding it really simple because that's what I've always tried to do is to try and try and demystify it because it's not rocket science this stuff you know I've always believed that anybody with a great idea can ring up a newspaper or send an email pitch to a magazine there's no sort of bar to entry in any way it's just kind of knowing a little bit about how journalists work and the more that you understand that you know, because you don't want to be wasting loads of time on this stuff. The more you understand it and how journalists work and what they're looking for, then the, the better you're going to be at this. So so it's just a really kind of practical, hands-on guide. guide. It's very honest and very blunt in places. Um, but, you know, that's with good intention to, 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 to really just help people nail this and, and, you know, not spend loads of money and not spend loads of time on it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And literally not saying this just because you're on the show but it will be something we'll definitely pick up because i don't i i I don't think i've actually come across anything like they say that is tackling this area with practical stuff Mm. a lot of the stuff you see around the subject of pr you'll click on an article and it's not really about pr it's about social media yeah. Or it's, you know, it's basically just how to submit your, um, your release to you as a PR web, I think, as, as a site, or, um, yeah. how to use help a reporter out or something like that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's an area we haven't delved into at all ourselves, but, um, yeah. The, the other thing that, that I've included as well, I think because the media landscape is getting so complicated, is is also how to pitch yourself as a podcast guest and how mm. to pitch yourself as, you know, guest content for blogs. Cause I think, you know, I'm all, all for like, you know, being really strategic about this. Sometimes people say to me, oh, you know, I'd really like to get, you know, traditional press coverage. And I'll be like, actually, in in terms of achieving what you want to achieve, you might be better going after blogs or podcasts. Yeah. So so I've included that as well and also how to pitch yourself as a speaker. So I go a little bit more broad, but it is all kind of really just like practical stuff um, that hopefully makes it kind of really simple. And and as I say, I start with the easy stuff, the, lo- the low-hanging fruit, the stuff that doesn't involve having to ring journalists up or send yeah. emails just so you can kind of get used to it. And, and, uh, and then, you know, when you feel more confident, you can move on to that stuff. And that's the thing, you know, if you're, if you're just a small business owner who hasn't done anything like this before, then that low hanging fruit, that, that straightforward stuff could make a massive difference or mm-hmm. at least enough of a difference for you to be able to kind of say, right, all right, we need to take this seriously now and come along and, you know, hire someone like yourself or take a course yeah. or something like that. It's yeah. funny as well when you talk about the inspiration for the uh, for the book and uh, and the fact you mentioned it, it's, it was actually from scenes of coming from PR companies as well. Um, mm. I always remember, this goes back about five or six years, there was somebody in, in a business network I was part of who ran a PR company and it was, it was just her and she was relatively young, but I remember seeing a tweet from her basically saying, oh, if business doesn't pick up, um, then I'm probably going to be packing this in in three months time. And that was just like, even <laughs> it's just PR. on so many, on so many levels, it's yeah. doesn't show it. Not just is that bad PR for your own business, but also shows <laughs> that you can't do PR for yeah. uh, anyway. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things that the last chapter actually at the beginning I, I say, look, I, I don't, I say hands up, I don't think very much of PR companies. I've met a few really good people, but I've seen a lot of bad practice. Yeah. But the last chapter, I say, look, if you got to the end of this and you still think you want to outsource, here's how to find someone good. Mm. And 
the, the signs I think of some of someone good is if they can promote themselves well and their business well, then you know. But if they can't promote their own business, I mean, somebody who tweets, you know, business is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're not really going to have that much confidence in them to to help you promote no. your. You know, I'm looking for. I, I say, you know, you should look for somebody who's knows about content marketing and doesn't just know about it, but they're doing it themselves. And yeah. and you know, you're looking for all those extra bits as well. Absolutely, absolutely, Janet. Thank you so much. I've been furiously scribbling down notes and stuff <laughs> like that for myself, so I'm going to be harassing um, all of our local papers and all that sort of stuff <laughs> soon. Uh, before we wrap up, let our listeners know where they can find out a bit more about you, where they're going to be able to get their hands on the book, and uh, yeah, go for it. So my website is janetmurray.co.uk, and in terms of social media, Twitter's probably where I hang out most, so it's at jan underscore murray, but I've got an amazing um, Facebook community called the Soulful PR Facebook community, and if you want to come over there and sort of chat with people, there's just amazing things going in there at the moment, with people helping each other out to get coverage, and I'm in there answering questions every day, and the book or the book, as I, I love to hear you say, the book. Um, actually, I'm turning into scales now, aren't I? Um, so I'm not, I'm not doing you very well, am I? Um, is, uh, you can get on Amazon um, and it'll be available on July the 7th. Awesome. Janet, thank you once again so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you and uh, yeah, getting the benefit of, of your experiences and your insight and your tips. And I look forward to reading the book. Good luck with it. Thank you. Thanks again to Jana for taking the time to join me on the Membership Guys podcast. What an awesome interview that was, right? Hit me up at Membership Guys. Let me know what you thought of that interview. If you're anything like me, hopefully you enjoyed it. You got a lot of actionable tips and advice from it. And I'd love to hear your feedback. And of course, if you've got something positive to say, do head over to our iTunes page and leave us a nice little five-star review. And uh, obviously, if you go to membershipguys.com, you'll see all the related links to Janet's stuff, to her brand new book, to her website, janetmurray.co.uk, beneath this episode as well. That's it from today's show. I'll be back again very soon with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.